0: 11. We're moving.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's a great point. <laughs> uh, I, I, y'all are in uniform. I actually, my real uniform is under my clothes here. Inside. Inside, that's right. May it be your will, Adonai, my God, that a mishap, mishap not come about through me. And may I not stumble in a matter of law and cause my colleagues to rejoice over me. And may I not say regarding something which is Tame that it is Tahor. And not regarding something which is tahor, that it is tameh. And may my colleagues not stumble in a matter of law, and, rejoice, and I rejoice over them. For Adonai grants wisdom; from His mouth come knowledge and understanding of God. Unveil my eyes that I may see, that I may perceive wonders from Your Torah. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. This is uh, actually this is lesson. <laughs> <laughs> this is Lesson 2. We've been doing this a long time already. This is Lesson 2, Part 1 for Nisuin. Before we even go any further, does any, don't look at your sheets. Does anybody know what Nisuin means? It is an Aramaic word, but you should be able to pick this one out. If you know the Torah portions' names. How about Nassah? Torah portion, Nasa, Numbers, second portion in Numbers, it means to lift, to elevate, that's right, yeah, to lift up, so that's a ceremony, to elevate, Mm. Uh, when the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, it did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Yeshua did at Cana in Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. That's John ten nine through 11. We're going to look at why that's an important, very important miracle. But before we do that, let's talk about, back up and think about this review here. Our two parts of a wedding, a Jewish wedding, are... Kidushin. Does anybody remember an, another name for Kidushin? It's it, not Nisuin. Oh. Oh. No, it's but, it, but it, it's Aramaic as well. It's Irusin. Yeah, okay. And then Nisuin. Nisuin. Sounds, sounds like Japanese. No, not it, it sounds like Star Wars. Wasn't that isn't it <laughs> Tatooine? Tatooine. <laughs> Tatooine and Kidushin, yeah. So uh, what's Kidushin? mean what's oh, what's Kidushin mean? Separate, consecrate, set apart. What is it referring to when it says Kiddushin? Who's it referring to? Who? The, bride. the bridegroom and, and the bride. In particular though, in particular based on the when it's inaugurated, who does it particularly apply to? The bride. And one of the reasons why we know this is the first blessing of Irusin, which is now is actually Nisuin, which actually used to be in Kiddushin. The first blessing is called Kiddushin, and it is a blessing. And you probably remember this is a blessing that God would thanks God that He reserved women for us, women that were approved for us, women that are either unmarried or are legally able to be married. Okay. With kiddushin, the bride is set apart; that is, she's holy. And although we say it's the bride, we certainly recognize that both are set apart for each other. Kiddushin does work both ways, but it in particular talks about the bride. It inaugurates a legal marriage. Okay, remember how it starts? Everybody marches over to the bride's house, right? Not the groom's house. They go over to the bride's house, and led by the groom, it's a party, right? We're here to sign a deal, right? We're here to make a deal uh he brings gifts right he brings a ketubah, a contract and it is signed in the presence of the bride and her guardians whoever they are she then begins becomes the sole possessor of the of the of the, uh, of the for her life okay she owns the ketubah. it is hers from that moment on unless there is either a get a divorce a legal divorce because they're married or if he passes away, her ketubah then serves as, as proof of an inheritance, right? Do you remember ketubah? Remember we read it last week, but do you remember that line in there is like, and if he dies, his descendants promise too, right? Okay, so it's a really big deal. A ketubah is a good deal. But the most important part of this is that we remember is it is signed in the bride's domain, okay? In ancient times we saw that the ketushin was separate from nisuin usually by a long period of time. Not usually the long period of time you'd think were you know, we're arranged marriages where they get arranged when they're, you know, 5 <laughs> and then go till like they're 15 or 18 or something like that. Rather, this is this this was talking about something a longer time. Maybe the arrangement took place but there was no ketubah yet. The ketubah is a is a is a document that's signed by a uh a legal and willing groom only. Okay, so you could have an arranged marriage, and their name may not be an exchange katuba yet. Okay, the ketubah is when the groom says, "I will do these things." Okay, but typically it was more than a year. We saw also that that kind of changed in modern times. Why, why did it change in modern times? Uh, wrong place. Why did it change in modern times? More modern times. Last 500 years. Right. You, you, you could do your and never yeah, it's like they came and drug my, drug my bridegroom out and murdered him. You know, so that was fine. That ketubah meant nothing to me. Ultimately, I mean, it still means something. But as far as the number one uh, commandment for married couple is to procreate, said so no children. So, okay, I got the ketubah. I got. I got. To be taken care of the rest of my life, but as far as unless having children. Well, unless, uh, or both of them were killed, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. um, Wait a year. That's right. But if you did get married, you don't go. Oh, a year. Okay. That's right. Making your wife happy. That's right. Absolutely. So the language of the divine bridegroom, which is the language we're talking about, the Torah, scripture in general, but the Torah in specific was given to the bride of Israel at Mount Sinai as Ketubah. We talked about this last week where if we we're going to take and we we're trying to take this language and put it into what really happened between God and Israel, we would say that that Kidushin was at Mount Sinai. And that Nisuin is yet future. Okay? And, and that
0: speaks to your previous comment that the Ketubah is done
1: in the bride's domain. Always in the bride's domain. Obviously, if it's possible, in the bride's domain. Now something interesting happens. If the, if the two are ever together after that point, they must be accompanied by a legal witness. So that there's, so that they are always not left alone together. So we have a legal witness at Mount Sinai. Who is it? Who is he? And Aaron and descendants. They become the legal witness. They're the ones that are there when the bride and the bridegroom are together while there is kiddushin. Okay. So it, kiddush initiated, then Israel was forever united with. Hashem. Forever united. What could end that relationship? Annihilation of one of the parties. Uh, annihilation of one of the parties. That's good, actually. On which one? Infidelity. infidelity on the part of one of the parties. If it were infidelity, what would be necessary? A get. Which is what we saw, and we actually looked in detail at Joseph and Miriam last week, where Yosef Found that she was with Charles. Like, well, it wasn't me. I know that, so it must have been something. She was unfaithful to me, so I must, I must. But I need to protect her name. And we actually have Hashem giving
0: a get to the northern kingdom because of their.
1: That's right. Their that's right. Is
0: that word the same as divorce?
1: When you divorce. A divorce. That's right. A divorce is a get. Yeah, they. Um, <coughs> Anyway, we await consummation of the wedding. It's a future Nisuin, but it really pertains to Messiah. And this is what I want you to see this week, because we, we're going to get into the, the particulars and, the, uh, and the, the rituals associated with the Jewish wedding, the Nisuin half, in the next lesson. But this lesson, I wanted to, in particular, focus on the messianic implications of Nisuin. Okay? It's, uh, like I said, it's when the bridegroom goes to the bride... Nisuin is when the bridegroom goes to the bride and takes her to his domain. this is why we talked about last week how in a Jewish wedding, the bridegroom is the center of attention. Uh, We had a wonderful example of that, where the man with the top hat was certainly the most important person in the room, as he absolutely should be. It was perfect. And not only that, he made sure that he was the master of ceremonies which is exactly the way it ought to be. Instead of the docile, dormant groom, he's a participant. <laughs> so nissu'in is when the bridegroom goes to the bride, takes her to his domain, that is the chuppah, and I'll explain it here. When we get next week, we'll talk in particular, next lesson, talk in particular about the kupa and how it represents his domain. There's a very specific reason why it's his domain and what it means. But for now, when she comes to the chuppah, he Elevates her. okay? No, it's not a rapture. She, he <laughs> elevates her. I know you were thinking that. <laughs> but he elevates her in his domain. okay? So she comes to his domain and she becomes elevated. Western cultures produce images of wedding and yet the Bible people should know this image of wedding. If we're going to know the language of the Bible, it's what we want, then we need to know how this works. And if it was our culture, and I hope that it someday may be, if it's our culture, it's like, yeah. Well, of course that's what that means. Those images are are not only imprinted in our mind as information, they're experienced because we've participated. And when we participate, it becomes much more real to us than simple information. Yes, you may. Be. I just have a
2: question.
1: Um... Are you going to be a problem?
2: No, no, not a problem. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs>
1: Line uh, your way to here, sorry. The picture, you know, and it makes so much sense. But I don't know, like Mount Sinai, and then this part seems like almost es- eschatological. It is. But I'm wondering where the
2: the advent fits into the big marriage picture.
1: Well, it, first of all, you're talking about the advent as in as in birth.
2: Well, that part of the you know when when God comes to Earth like
1: again? A future, not Advent, is okay. in no, this, second. No, the,
2: the first, first Advent. First the first it Advent. It Sounds like this part you're going to get into the second coming. Oh no. Are you going to talk about the first?
1: Well, some. Okay. Well, you tell me. Well, How does it work?
0: That's what I'm wondering. I think he needs to wait till next week's lesson. It's just well. I don't know. You
1: know, first of all, if you're looking for if you're looking for a it's not metaphorical. We're not talking metaphorical. Right. And I know it seems that way because that's what we're saying. Well, no, no. I believe that with all, all reality, God gave Israel a ketubah, period. Right. Not, it's like a ketubah and it's, it stands. No, no. That's the language and that's why, it's, that's why it's the Jewish culture. He wanted us to see that.
2: Right. And then he'll take us to his domain.
1: Domain when he first came
2: here. I don't know. Did he? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe that's
1: on this slide. <laughs> in ancient times, no, he said in ancient times, kiddushin and Nisuin were separated by a long period because of persecution, of course, it's gotten shorter. And now it all takes place usually on the same day. I heard recently, uh, Matt Nadler was getting married and I heard secondhand that on Shabbat they were having Erosin, which would be kiddushin. And then on, on the next day, the first day of the week, they were having kid uh, having nisuin. So that would be a little bit more like it, where you have a ceremony. And actually, they were going to do uh, uh, call up to the bema and all that kind of stuff. As as ketubah. that's what I was given the impression of. That'd be very good. Yeah, good idea. I mean, there's nothing wrong with all doing it in the same day as well. But yeah. And actually, in a Jewish wedding where it all takes place the same day, all of us have been to Jewish wedding. Almost anybody not been to a Jewish wedding? Okay, well almost all of us have been to a Jewish wedding. You've seen it all take place but you but you can definitely tell there's two parts. You know, it looks like two parts. What's all this reading stuff, you know? <laughs> you know it sounds like contract up there. You hang around the script long enough you will yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And we'll make it yours, young man. you directing the name That's right. So Nisuin, as we saw from from this, the common root, the Hebrew root, would be from like, like Nassah. It's to elevate, to lift up. In, in Nassah, does anybody remember the, por, the point of that Torah portion in Numbers? It's counting, but what kind of counting? It says, call the P- children of Israel and do what? Lift what? Lift their heads. Lift their heads. Wow, that's very cool. You know, does that not give you the impression of, I own you? It's like when they hold the rod out and the cattle go under the rod, I own them. When you lift the heads of people, I own these people. These are mine. So not in the sense of owning a wife, but in the sense of she is my beloved, lifting her head. So she no longer is a partner in contract, a marriage contract, but now she is a partner lifted as my side-by-side partner. It's pretty cool. Sages teach that along with Kiddushin, Nisuin is a reenactment of the joining of Hashem to Israel. And actually, if you, if you read in the Talmud, you guys know that there's actually portions of the Talmud, tractates named for these things. Kiddushin is actually a tractate. is a tractate. Long tractates actually on the details. And lots of legalese. But really good. Really good. Sound stuff. So it's to elevate because it's the completion of the event. All the marriage rights and responsibilities both parties are consummated at this ceremony. Okay, it's it's remarkable when you think about it that the hoopah stands for that. Okay, so but joy is required in a Jewish wedding. Simcha is required. You must have simcha. If in fact it's such a grave sin to bring uh, sorrow into a Jewish wedding. Everybody's seen the movie or the play for. Uh, um a fiddler on the roof and we see the the people breaking up the weddings like this is like a grave sin. Grave sin. And we see it in the gospels as well. The Gospel accounts we see that Yeshua gives special attention to weddings and funerals in ways that are very unique and if you don't know the culture and the history around it, you kinda get the wrong impression. You almost get the impression we'll look at here in a second in John that it's kind of like, oh, do I have to do this? Do I have to do this now? Do I have to turn water into wine? <laughs> I mean, really, don't you? You do. If you don't understand the concept behind simcha, joy reacquired. And uh, in fact, if, if you have a close person die when a wedding is being planned, you put off the wedding. Because we need to mourn properly, but we're not going to let our mourning, our proper mourning, interfere with the joy of the wedding. So, uh, of all the Jewish weddings that I've been to, without question, everyone was filled with joy—perfect joy. Perfect joy. So let's look at Psalms nineteen five, and let's go around the room. Somebody pick out Psalms nineteen five, Mister Squitterini. So the definition of a bridegroom coming out of his chamber is like the sun rising, right? Uh, I'm reminded of, of uh, Joshua's wedding where um, suddenly the doors burst open <laughs> and, <then>, and <laughs> Oyashama's playing and everybody's clapping and standing up. It's like, whoa, and Joshua's like like uh, Rocky running up the steps, you know. <laughs> uh, that's right. that's the way the bridegroom comes out of his chamber. That's pretty cool. Isaiah 61:10 Somebody get that for us go through, go through the gates, the, way from the people build up, build up the highway
0: clear the, stones, lift up the signal.
2: That's, that's,
1: a that's not the right one. one. Uh, and a good one it's a good one. I like that one actually it's a very good one. Okay, now of all the people at Jewish weddings I've been to so far, no one has topped that man over there. That was the best hat, the best hat. Uh, well, that be good too? Actually, a turban, a tur. As long as it's a Jewish turban. Okay, so how's a high priest? How's a high priest dress? He's got he's got turban. he's got the turban. He's got a crown. What else? He's got linen britches. What color is his clothing to start with? The blue, f- uh, white and blue. Okay, so let's talk about what a Jewish wedding man. We'll talk about it a little bit next week, next lesson as well. But what's a Jewish man wearing to wedding? What's a kittle? It's a white garment. But what kind of white garment is it? It's like, oh, I'll put that, th- take that rag out of the closet. Let me it's put that thing on. Like a, like what kind of robe is that?
0: It's
1: special, it's only worn you know, once or twice a year. Yeah, so it's worn. Possibly for uh, for Pesach, and the first time he ever wore it though was his wedding. So he's reminded. Well, I gotta get, keep coming. We're gonna hit this again. He's reminded every time he puts it on of his wedding. And so, what's his? Uh, what's the first time he puts it on after a wedding? Pesach. Okay. What's another time? Yom Kippur. Okay. Could be Yom Kippur. Either way, but Pesach in particular. And what are we reading during Pesach? Song of Songs. Song of songs. How inappropriate is that? <laughs> I mean, really. And yeah, don't read ahead. But you know, you're in your workbook. We're going to go through Song of Psalms it, using Rashi's interpretation as a baseline, just to see if maybe Rashi's got it right or not. Right. So. Song of Songs. Why did they do that? Why did, Israel, why, did, why did the sages go, let's read Song of Songs during Passover. And let's have, that, let's have the, the head of the house put on his kittle, be reminded of his marriage. It's the language of the bridegroom. That's exactly right. Yeah, he's speaking. He's talking. This is about a wedding. Or at least about a ketubah signing. Alright, Isaiah two five.
0: Sons marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God
1: rejoice over you. If you start thinking about what the word joy means and how it's expressed, as there's a there's a place in Jerusalem that overlooks the uh, the uh, the Sultan's pool, the valley of the Sultan's Pool, that's between the new Jerusalem and the old city. And it overlooks sultan 's pool but it 's got probably the most magnificent view of the walls that that uh, uh, suleiman the Magnis- magnificent built in Sik- in the sixteenth century huh Sik- <laughs> yeah you look across there it 's just un- unbelievably beautiful and in the evening they put spotlights colored spotlights on the walls of Jerusalem and it looks like we could light a fire we could we could have us a we could have us an offering here. Over there somewhere. But on that on that side on the new city, there's a huge platform that's been built. And it's for weddings. And there's weddings going on there all the time. You know? And if you ever want to know what that noise is outside your hotel room, it's people singing. Cause it goes Long hours of the night, people are having a good time. Weddings are happy, happy, happy things. So when you talk about God rejoicing over his bride, you ought to have that picture. You ought to have that. Wow, that's like now think about now who is he rejoicing over? Is that the I divorced you? Or is it I'm rejoicing over you? Who says, yeah, but he divorced Israel? See the contrast. Remember, this rejoicing is not something that we should take casually or easily slough off and go, well, Israel got a get from him and so, because they were unfaithful. He rejoices over his bride. Jeremiah 33. Please. The voice of joy and the voice of gladness,
0: the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voice of those who will say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good his mercies endure forever, and of those who will bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. For I will cause
1: the captives of the land to return as at the first, There you go. The yeah. So what's the significance of Jeremiah 33? Does anybody know the significance of that passage, where it starts? Is this is not the passage where it begins talking about the new covenant. But the significance also is what's how Jeremiah starts. Jeremiah starts by talking about the fact that that the bridegrooms and the brides are going to be obliterated because judgment's coming to Israel. And then you get starting in chapter 31 and then into 33, it's like, wow, this is like what what changed here? All of a sudden we're talking about this is the sign that this is it. This is this is like the redemption of Israel. And, and how is the redemption of Israel marked? By the voice of the bridegroom and the bride in Jerusalem. It's really important that you hear in Jerusalem the voice of the bridegroom and the bride. Which is why there is a platform there in Jerusalem where people come and get married. Because it is a great mitzvah to hear the voice of the bridegroom and the bride in Jerusalem. Okay, Why? It's prophetic. It's talking about sometime when all things are set right. Okay? We'll talk about it a little bit in the next lesson, but I do want to mention this because this is an appropriate time. Is one of the reasons why we break the glass, we're sad for a moment there in the mid wedding, which seems inappropriate, it's supposed to be about joy, right? Is because we need to remember one thing. This wedding is a happy time, but it ain't that wedding. And that's the one we're looking forward to. Matthew Matthew 9.15 makes me want to get married all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say something earlier but I left out yeah. And
0: Jesus said to them, "Can a wedding guest mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will
1: fast." This this kind of it begins to answer the question uh Peter uh um was very astute to notice and is thinking about this. The question is, well, what about when Yeshua is here? And and does he does he represent a bridegroom here? And it's clear that he did because that's the way he spoke to his disciples. Remember, if you if you remember how this is all set up in Matthew nine, John's disciples come to to Yeshua and say, you know, are you the one? If you're the one, what you know, what's all the happiness all about? I mean, this is this is serious stuff because we're not that way. Why are you that way? And his answer was this. Well, my disciples aren't fasting for a very good reason. My disciples aren't fasting because you don't fast when the bridegroom's ready to party. Right? It's about joy. How well did that work out? Interesting, huh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: It's
1: almost like we almost see it start and not finish. So Mark 2.19, same thing, no fasting when the wedding guests are there. Uh, who does fast? We'll talk about it in the next lesson as well, but who does fast? The, brideg- the bridegroom and the bride. They fast, but no one else fasts on the wedding day. In fact, it's wrong to fast. That's why we can't have, we can't have a wedding on Yom Kippur. <laughs> well, God forbid, but we're not supposed to have it actually in other part times of the year simply because it's just a little inappropriate. You know, Tisha B'Av would be really bad to have a wedding then. You know, uh, Tammuz 17 coming up soon would be it just inappropriate, inappropriate. And actually, because, because that's right, and because of the the counting of the Omer, although it's not a time of mourning in 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 a. In effect, it really is because it's mourning over the destruction of the temple as it was expressed in the second generation or the third generation after the temple's destruction with Rabbi Akiva and his disciples in the plague. So we we recognize that the counting of the Omer is a little unique and if you're going to get married, save it for one day during that period. As a tradition, I think that's probably pretty good. John 2, 1 through 11. Let's read that whole part. Somebody gets to read 11 verses there. Invited to the wedding with his disciples,
0: And the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, "They have no wine." Jesus said to her, "Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come." His mother said to the servants, "Do whatever he tells you." <laughs> now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding
2: twenty or thirty gallons. That's a lot of wine. We need the man.
0: Wow. Jesus.
1: But is this enough water for a mikvah?
0: 39. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. And the master of the feast tasted the water now become wine and did not know where it came from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first. The people have drunk freely, then the poor wine, which is what we compare to. But you have kept the good wine until now. This is the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed
1: him. So let's st- spend a little bit of time on this and pick this passage apart. First of all, is he the unwilling bridegroom here? No. It's like, what are, you, what are you bothering me for, woman? No. Like he's, he's, he, where is he? At a wedding. Why is he at a wedding? Because he wants to be at a wedding. <laughs> he was invited. You go to a wedding. This is a good deal, right? This is a party. He's there because he wants to be. Um, where does he get the water from? from the water that would go into a mikvah, that will preach. Because later on in chapter 26 of Matthew, we're going to hear him make a reference to wine as well. Okay, so I think, I think Paul does awesome midrash, not using this passage directly, but awesome midrash from this concept as he explores purification and blood and wine. I think that we fail to see it oftentimes, maybe not you in this room, but fail to see it oftentimes because we're not familiar with that, that method. If the sages of Israel had, other than Paul, had commented on this and John had commented on this, they would, have read, they would have written a plethora. This is so rich and so full of everything that we could be talking about stuff that has nothing to do with Yeshua and nothing to do with wine and having a good time. Because there's so many places to go with it. But that's exactly what you do. So even though we may not be able to take the, okay, now what does it mean? What's the water stand for? Okay, and what's the wine stand for? No, no, you're missing the point. He's making a point as to why he's doing this miracle. The, the elements that are there are pointing to something. What are they pointing to? He is the one. He's the bridegroom. He's not going to mess with this bridegroom. It's his wedding. It's not, I'm not going to usurp his wedding. But he is the bridegroom, and the way he reveals himself is at a wedding. That's amazing. That's like perfect. It's, like, it's almost like holding up the sign going, Hello, I'm Messiah. <laughs> Welcome to my world.
2: Yeshua says in Matthew nine, you know, there shouldn't be any. You can't mourn in the bridegroom. You birth. cannot mourn. What that? I mean, what? What's cool about that is we have a we have a halacha. We have halacha that says you can't mourn on a wedding at a wedding. So Yeshua is upholding.
1: That's he, or, he is, He is absolutely. You,
2: is upholding.
1: Absolutely we see the same thing he does with funerals. And sometimes it's misinterpreted, but the same thing he does with funerals. He has the utmost respect for the traditions of our people with regard to funerals. Even to the point of walking through the front of it instead of behind it and raising him from the dead. (laughs) That's pretty stark. I mean, that's like, wow, that's like bold. Yeah, very cool. As it should be. That's the way it happens. Yeah. So they said there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. There were no other directions necessary. That's it. They said, so "Where's the wedding today?" Yeah. 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 And for the, we- for the record,
2: when it was actually
1: wine. It was wine, wine. Otherwise, the what's the point of the <laughs> the comment about the bad wine and the good wine? Yeah, it's like after I had this good grape juice, then you brought out the better grape juice. Maybe <laughs> you stuck <laughs> me with that one. Huh? You stuck me
0: with
1: that. One. I did. Sorry.
0: Over
1: a decade ago. Yeah. And he's
0: still around. You draw him right. <laughs> <laughs> he said he wasn't going to be there. He asked me to sub for
1: him. Uh huh. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. A At a Baptist church. <laughs> it
0: wasn't one. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't know that.
1: <laughs> That's good. Okay, Isaiah 25:6. Someone please. This is what I wish, even if you don't drink wine, which is absolutely acceptable, but if you don't drink wine, I wish that every time you hear or see wine, you remember this picture, because it is a picture of redemption. How much wine? Well-aged. And by the way, it should be well-aged and well-refined. <laughs>
2: Old grapes. <laughs> if, any, if anybody's ever done, say, it up and meal of meal Messiah on the yeah. last mm-hmm. day I saw. That scripture is really a cornerstone of that whole celebration. It's,
1: it's pretty cool. Yeah. Rich
2: food full of
1: marrow. Say, the yeah. Baal Shem Tov had some good stuff. Yeah. Song of Songs nine. And before you start thinking about your fiancées or wives or uh, you ladies you're interested in, we're not talking about your bride. <laughs> <laughs> Song of Songs is like Song of Solomon. Yeah, Where is that in an English Bible? It's writings. Find it in writings. Song of Songs 7-9. Somebody got it? I love that picture. Gliding over lips and teeth. Smooth wine. Like the bride's mouth. Now, again, don't think about yours. Think about who's the bride. It's Israel. The delight that Hashem has in the people of Israel being expressed this way.
2: Verse 10. I am my beloved's and his desire is for me. That's right.
1: Oh man, what have you been doing? Oh yeah, you let it it very distinctive saying with she being Israel and then it flies smoothly over much a lot of Oh, Israel says that true. Yeah. Yeah. And uh the imagery here is very powerful because it's um I put the wrong capital in it. that's right delight and desire for each other that um obviously is, is not physical like we think of it in a marriage relationship but it is the same degree of intensity and 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 that's a really good point Joshua that oftentimes is missed we we like to think that piety is best expressed with uh a, a sort of asceticism. Even if we don't hold to a monkish view of life, we still think that piety is somehow reserved. And and one of the really wonderful things that both the charismatic mi- movement did in in traditional Christianity and Hasidicism did in uh, in Judaism was they 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 raised our awareness of the fact that the Bible speaks of God having. Certain emotions and passions, not necessarily that he actually has those emotions and passions, but that's the way they're expressed to us. In human terms, well, we know we have those feelings. You know, we don't know. It's hard for us to imagine God having those feelings, and maybe we can't fully understand that. But somehow, God expresses passion, anger, compassion. You know, the word compassion... You know, having to do with coming out of your out of your innards, you know, this whole feeling that comes along with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jeremiah thirty-one ten through fourteen. Uh, hear the word of the Lord. Sorry. O nations, and declare it in
0: the coastlands far away. Say, He who scattered. shepherd keeps his flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob, and has redeemed him from hands too strong for him. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion, and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord, over the grain, the wine, and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd. Their life shall be like a watered garden, and they shall languish no more. Then shall the young woman rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning into Joy, I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. I will feast the soul of the priest with abundance, and my people shall be satisfied with goodness. Declares the Lord.
1: That's right. You know, and again, jumping ahead, next next lesson. You know, the the idea of the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's a Jewish wedding. Zechariah ten six through twelve.
2: I will bring them back because I have compassion on them, and they shall be as though I had not rejected them. For I am the Lord their God, and I will answer them. Then Ephraim shall become like a mighty warrior, and their hearts shall be glad as with wine. Their children shall see it and be glad. Their hearts shall rejoice in the Lord. I will whistle for them and gather them in, for I have redeemed them, and they shall be as many as they were before. Though I scattered them among the nations, yet in far countries they shall remember me. Hmm. And with their children they shall live and return. I will bring them home from the land of Egypt and gather them from Assyria. And I will bring them to the land of Gilead
1: and to Lebanon, till there is no room for them. Hmm. That's great.
2: Oh, he shall pass through the sea of troubles and strike down the waves of the sea. And all the depths of the Nile shall be dried up. The pride of Assyria shall be laid low. And the scepter of Egypt shall depart. I will make them strong in the Lord, and they shall walk in his name, declares the Lord. I think it's neat that the context of this, in
0: verse six, it says, And nah
2: I will save the house of Joseph. Just think about every Shabbat, how we bless our sons.
1: That's right. To be like Ephraim and Manasha. Yeah. Yeah. So the restoration of Israel, it's the glad hearts as with wine. Why water to wine? Redemption, Messiah, and the Messianic Age use wine as a symbol of joy. So, Yeshua revealing himself as Messiah at a wedding, turning water reserved from mikvah into wine at a wedding—the best wine ever. Reflective. By the way, those people who are drinking are probably going, "This is really good," but. Can we find this somewhere else? Where, where did you get this from? You know, it's like, is there a vineyard around that we can get this from? And the answer had to be, you'll have to come back in a couple thousand years. Because there ain't going to be any wine like this until then. That's right. So, Israel has a legal and binding ketuba. God has self-declared. It's his good intention toward her. Here's what he said. This is what I will do for you. Right? Has he ever withdrawn it? The answer is no. We can talk about Israel having a get, and yet what do we find in Jeremiah 31? Wait, I thought you were divorced from her. And he's talking about being united with her. So, a get that was never executed, as it were. That's right. I, I'm looking for it. I'm looking for the divorce papers. You think you're divorced from me? You're not divorced from me. You have you have my Torah. You have my ketubah. You have my promises. You must live, and I will make sure. Isn't that what we read in Zechariah? I will make sure that you're going. You're not just going to be my wife. You're going to be a good wife. <laughs> yeah. If it's the last thing I do, you're going to be a good wife. Right? Uh, uh, anybody ever seen? Uh, um, Richard Burton and, and uh, um, National Velvet Elizabeth Taylor in Taming of the Shrew this is this is the metaphor here where we have yeah was it just us uh, okay listen okay this is your homework go back and read Taming of the Shrew or at least rent the movie Cause it's great. She is a rebellious. She is a she is a very valuable person. But she's rebellious. She's resistant to him, and he woos her, and she becomes the perfect mate for him. Yeah, taming of the shrew. So here we are. Israel's the shrew, and it's gonna happen. It's gonna be good. <laughs> the future redemption awaits Israel. Say what? Yeah. Uh, Nisuin occurs when King Messiah establishes domain in Israel, in Jerusalem. So, in in reality, even though he showed up as the bridegroom, was there a claiming? Where was his domain? In
0: fact,
1: you said to Pilate, "If I, that's if right." I were from. That's the key. So, did why did he show up? Because we had to know he's coming, man. I mean, this is like, and this is how we did it. Water into wine, that's awesome. And then, and then at his, uh, at his last Seder, he's this is my blood in the new covenant. I mean, he's like these pictures are all coming together on Passover. He's he's the bridegroom, but he doesn't have a domain here yeah, yet, an and a an Nazarite vow, waiting on a fast, as it were, waiting until Nisuin. Nisuin, it's going to be his domain, then he takes Israel as his bride.
0: Sure. Like sure. The, I think the thing that stood out to me with the Aerosene stage mm-hmm. is this in the bride's domain. And we
1: see with domain. that he comes intentionally into, personally, the into, into the bride's domain. And, and, and there are so many levels where he
2: seems to repeat what God has done at Sinai. You have um, the Sermon on the Mount, which is kind of a repeat of sorts. He, he, um, he further demonstrates. Um, God's love and uh, connection to his people on Passover with his own sacrifice, there seems to be like a deepening of the relationship. I agree. Um,
1: So like
2: I said, it's almost as though it were a renewal. It
1: was like this... Maybe not not a renewal, but more an affirmation. Because remember, ironically, what does replacement theology say? When he showed up, he did away with them. No, instead it's the opposite. When he showed up, he reaffirmed, it's you. It's you, Israel. I still have a relationship with you. It's perfect. That's right. Return to the to return to That's the right. I gave you. Yeah. No, I think I think that's that's very uh very astute. Had no question, right? Um, and so there's a penalty under Torah. There is, for that. so part of part of
2: him coming the first time was to
1: take that penalty to, to deal with the issue of the mm-hmm. penalty so that his bride can't continue Very to exist. Wow, you know, there's now that's a messianic theology. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's only a couple places in scripture it says it, and it doesn't sound like any other place. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and then it sounds like with what Brother Greg was saying that Yeshua came to pay the penalty to redeem the bride. And so having that as the case, looking that in light of his
1: words to Miriam, saying that his hour has not yet come. It's good. Very good. Your question's a good question, man. These are good comments. Man, it's very good. Excellent. So a very important point before we close, and that is the issue of his domain, the hoop. If he didn't have a domain here before, how will he then? Especially if that joining and calling his bride to him, his own, is it some heavenly domain?
2: It is, but not
1: It can't be. It can't be. And the reason why it can't be is because all of the passages that we read in the Tanakh make reference to Jerusalem. I would go further to say, you know, our prayers each morning. Let no stranger continue to to take his honor. That's right. Absolutely. We are waiting for King Messiah. That's right. Okay, now I'm going to get... If you don't like this, just close your ears or ignore that I said it. And if you, if you hold to a, a, uh, uh, a premillennial rapture, you may not like this. But you see, that doesn't work, does it? Because what, do what do we see? That's right. What do we see in Revelation 21? We see Jeru- New Jerusalem coming down as a bride adorned. Jerusalem as a bride it's going to be Jerusalem that is his domain. And he can't call his bride to himself until he has that domain. So there's no way you can have a calling of the bride away. And oh, by the way, let's quick go back. <laughs> That's, you your parents house. That's right. How's that work? That's weird. Right? What's, <laughs> what's his domain? Listen. Hashem's domain is everywhere. He is king everywhere. Yeshua's domain in particular is Jerusalem. And,
2: but, that, so, but that, so that kind of ties into his statement.
1: It does. If I go. That's right. I will come again. I will come again, right? And I go to prepare. Place. It's like, wait a minute. You don't have to go away because this is where it's going to be. Ooh, wait. What if it's coming here? <laughs> Heaven is coming to us. That's it.
0: Yes. Colossians 1.20 and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on heaven or on earth, making peace by the blood of his cross. So, in one sense, he is reigning now. Absolutely. And I know we all that. You know, no question. Yeah. That. Um, but in the fullness of that, he does own everything.
1: Absolutely. And in fact, it just if you read the Psalms, you know, God says that. It's like you bring me offering, Pfft, you know, I'm not hungry. I, I own all this. Coronation God. of the king. That's right. And, um, and so Hallelujah. No that there is a, um, that that not yet element is very much
2: present. That even though God owns it all, the um, experiential level is so uh, diminished from what it will eventually be that it's almost as though you can't properly call it we can't. his kingship yet.
1: He is in charge. He owns it. But as far as it being um, an apparent He He has not asserted his ownership. That's right. He will. He will. With certainty. The scriptures are clear there is a prince of this world. And it is not him. Nope. Roger. That's right. Because right now, he's the high priest. He is. In the heavenlies. He'll be the king. That's right. I think that's one thing the problem we have with
0: the visible church. Their thinking is okay, we're. Fly out of here and leave mm-hmm. the Jews to suffer. Basically, that's what they're saying. It's all going to happen to the Jews because
1: we're not going to be there. That's right, Jacob's trouble. And you know, here's the thing that's remarkable. I want, to, I want to note this because even though it's not on the topic, is the Sidur is a, is a unique document for us. If you consider the reading the Siddur, if you're familiar with the prayers, it's part, in particular the prayers of rejoicing and the, and the peace, of recognizing God as king and ruler of all the world. And to realize those prayers were prayed for 2,000 years in extreme tribulation and hardship. That is faith. That you could still pray those prayers and be punished like you'd been punished for 2,000 years. There are Christian groups that have been suffered and been punished, but nobody has suffered like the Jewish people. And they pray those prayers. That's faith. That can only be faith. All right. In anticipation of that event, we see each Jewish wedding as prophetic. So, I mean, it's like, uh, it, they're cool. I mean, they're, they're cool anyway. But it's like, wow, it's awesome. <laughs> this is what we're all going to be doing. <laughs> Pass the wine. The one element that I feel like in the Jewish wedding, stood out so much to me the first time I saw it, and why I really wanted to do it myself, was that element of joy. Obviously,
2: any wedding has some element of joy to it, and
1: there's a happiness Of course. Every wedding is a good wedding. We sh- I, you know, I said that last time, but it's true. Every wedding, well, every good wedding is a good wedding. <laughs> <laughs> we used to be able to say that without, without fear. Every real wedding is a good wedding. <laughs> but I think that the thing about the Jewish is so different is it, um, it never pretends to
2: be a, um, a service. I feel like as everyone gets quiet, it's very solemn and very serious in a, in a more traditional Western culture wedding. You have someone give us some words. There's a very serious vows. You might sing a hymn, but there's very much like there's a, there's a solemnity to the event. While not not um, dismissing the seriousness of what's taking. It place, is serious. Huh? A Jewish wedding is is overwhelmed with joy and excitement and energy. There's all these weird. You know, walking around the groom, the bride, the bride. There's all these songs that are sung. You know, everyone's smiling and excited, and and instead of kind of everyone looking up at one guy who's kind of delivering a charge, this is very serious. It rather, it's more. It's like we're drinking wine up there. <laughs> the you know, it's like there's a there's there's a, an intentionality of being joyous, and I think that was one thing that um, Julianne and I really had wanted, and we were so glad that when people spoke to us later, they said that our wedding was. A joyful one, because that was really
1: what I feel like is the most, the epitome of what a wedding. Is so I, I've see, i see four men in here that had Jewish weddings, and every one of you guys, were beaming from yeah. ear to <laughs> ear. Um, <laughs> Isaacs, Isaac's, yeah. yeah. They were close together, only like a week apart, yeah. (laughs) Is there anyone here that can think of any reason? I know. It's like, stop. Are you sure you want to do this? (laughs) It is. That's true. I hadn't thought of it that way. It's true. He knows, he knows, he knows. And I mean, he's preparing a place for us. And, and the Jewish wedding also presumes that both the
2: couple and the audience understand the importance of what's going on. Rather than having to explain, well, okay, that... that we're gathered here today.
1: Okay, this, this is what
2: we're doing. This is what a marriage is going to look like. This is how this Power. is going to function.
1: And it's like, is anybody in the culture not know? <laughs> and, 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 oh,
2: by the way, this is a picture of God's relationship to his people. Really? <laughs> the blessings, and hope you understand the Hebrew, or you're listening closely
1: to the translation. But we really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> We're only going to say it
2: once, and you've got you to follow. But that sense, also <laughs> very, say a lila every once in a while. It's also very much like, um, like, like God and, and what he's going to deal with this in the future as well, because when Messiah returns, and he gathers everyone in for the final ceremony, there's no explanation going on then. Either you know
1: what's going oh, on. Oh, should we study or, now? Or, or you're going <laughs> to really Unpleasantly surprised. It's like what? (laughs) There was no sermon at that wedding. (laughs) What's up with? I don't think we prayed. (laughs) No one closed their eyes. (laughs) All right. Anything else? Do you have your the blessing after we study? I did not have a Jewish wedding, and it was a great wedding. I promise. (laughs)
0: think <laughs> you can do that in
1: the third person. The third person. Yes, I can. I can. This looks a little fragile. It's a little delicate there. <clears throat> I thank you, O Hashem, our God. We thank you that you have established our portion with those who dwell in the study hall, and you have not established our portion with idlers. For we arise early, and they arise early. We arise early for words of Torah, and they arise early for idle words. We toil, and they toil. We toil and receive reward, and they toil and do not receive reward. We run, and they run. We run to the life of the world to come, and they run to the pit of destruction." As it is written, and you, O God, you will lower them into the well of destruction. Men of bloodshed and deceit shall not live out half their days, but as for us, we trust in you. Amen. 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 Thank Thank you.